The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And we're going to discuss this week's edition of AEW Dynamite. The uh, last Dynamite before winter is coming. Stock up, stock down. Joel, this is the first week the intro template didn't do that weird slow down, speed up thing on me. So I feel like today's our day. It's going to be a good recording. But Joel, <laughs> let's let's start with the Dynamite Battle, Di- Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. Got it out. Um, battle Royals can kind of be hit or miss in wrestling. You know, we have some good ones and some bad ones. I thought this was a pretty good one. And there were a lot of stories uh, intertwined in this match between all of the competitors and frankly, Dante Martin, baby. Yes. <laughs> That's the main thing I take from this is how this match ended. And if you didn't see the final three was MJF, uh, Ricky Starks and our boy Dante Martin and T and Taz on commentary was basically celebrating. That was going to be an all team Taz final and Dante Martin flung Ricky Starks over the turnbuckles. Joel, how did you feel in this moment? I mean, it was an absolute betrayal. (laughs) It was was an amazing, wonderful, I'm so happy betrayal. So I think this kind of puts over Leo Rush, actually, because clearly he's a better businessman than (laughs) than Taz, because it, it would seem that Dante Martin was entering team Taz as a double agent and is now going to get back either with his brother or with Leo rush or both. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming that Darius Martin is going to be available soon. He's been out for a long time. Yeah, you would think so. You and, think so. you know, top flight was such a, a special team when they first debuted and i um, looking forward to seeing them in action again. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was really, really fun. I enjoyed the match. And um, I-, I thought that MJF running around taking credit for things was really <laughs> enjoyable, uh, including eliminating Wardlow. So we got yep. another development in the, you know, MJF and Wardlow will eventually um, come to blows. And like, I just at this point, like just keep dragging it out until you have nothing (laughs) for MJF to do. Right. Like, it's like, I don't know what to do with MJF right now. Oh, we'll finally pay off all of the Wardlow teasing that we've been doing for the past seven years of television. Wait, what? (laughs) I'm saying down the the road when they're, when they have nothing. Oh, oh, okay. I was going to say, I'm like, Joe, I know the pandemic was long, but it hasn't been that long since this started. So, um, yeah, that, it, all the MJ stuff, MJF stuff tonight was hilarious too. I loved this little pre video about like being like the king of Long Island. And the line that really got to me is like, you're driving down the LIE blasting Billy Joel. I'm like, Oh, I've done that. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was such a funny little vignette. And like, at the end, it's like, yes, he got a ton of chicks or whatever it was. Like it was campy. Well, wasn't there it was, like a second chair 
uh, the boys choir or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. The whole thing. There were was a couple just... of accomplishments <laughs> that were like, okay, that's an odd flex, but go yeah. ahead. <laughs> and the thing is, I hope all of it was true. I hope everything in that video was true. And that MJ was just this big nerd boy from Long Island. Well, we know that in addition to playing football, he also did like theater and yep. singing and, you know, so I mean, I, I, I do think that a lot of those things were probably true. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, th- yeah. There's three, three big takeaways from this match for me, Joel is, and we've touched on too. It's, it's the Wardlow MJF continuation. Like this is going to fall apart at some point. Dante Martin spurning team Taz ripping off the armband probably back with Leo Rush, but we'll see. And also, as long as they're in AEW and as long as there's a Team Taz, Team Taz will always fucking lose. Always. <laughs> always fucking lose. Like, who has lost more in AEW than these guys? Like, what's the benefit of being in Team Taz? I mean, if you're in Team Taz, you're not Lance Archer. Possibly true. the only person who has <laughs> lost more. That is true. I stand Taz. corrected. It is Lance Archer followed by the members of Team Taz. Um, and, and Archer probably has more individual losses than the respective members of Team Taz. Um, and you can't like you can't even leave Team Taz and hope good things happen to you because we haven't seen Brian Cage in forever. <laughs> so it's just if you join yeah. Team Taz, bad things happen. I'm really curious, like what his contract details are because like he seems to wrestle on the indies way more than he wrestles in AEW. And I don't know if they're just creative differences and they decided, okay, like this isn't going to work out. So feel free to go work your indie shows. And they may not just have anything for him right now. You know, we talked about possible. We've talked about loaded. Yeah. And maybe, Hey, we're going to keep you off TV a few months. If you want to work indie dates, cool. You have your guaranteed with guarantee with us. If, if you want to rest, you can, and we'll bring you back in, you know, three, four months when we have something. And we both love Brian cage. So like, I can't imagine they'd just be like, yeah, good riddance. So I guess, I guess we'll see with him down the line. One other thing I, I, I took from this match too, Joel was, um, Matt Hardy destroying Jay lethal with the, the brass knucks. Um, Maybe that will be a story we see here going forward. You know, we had the debate debut of Jay Lethal a few weeks ago. I don't recall. I know there was crossover between the two of them and and TNA, Impact, uh, Ring of Honor. So I don't know if they necessarily have a history together, but I wouldn't be surprised. And it would be interesting to see if, you know, Jay Lethal versus Hardy or some members of the Hardy family office is where they're going with this. That seemed like a prominent moment of the match. Yeah, I, I listened to an interview with Matt Hardy. Uh, I think it was on the the AEW Unrestricted podcast, and he mm-hmm. talked about how he doesn't feel like the AEW fan base is really into cinematic matches, and that they want to see the more realistic presentation. Uh, and I, I just found that really disappointing because it would be interesting, and I think Jay Lethal and Matt Hardy would be a really interesting way to go. Mm-hmm. with a more cinematic match and i don't know if jay lethal has any interest in doing black machismo anymore <laughs> but you could see a really interesting uh, and innovative 
presentation with those two mm-hmm. doing different characters, different iterations of themselves and, and other wrestlers. Um, and I, I think that would be fascinating, but I, I don't think we're going to get that. So, mm-hmm. and side note, uh, the ring of honor, final, the final, final battle, battle, final, final battle is this Saturday. And Joel, I don't know if you saw, but Roosh had to get removed from the match. Uh, against Jonathan Gresham, so they're apparently Ring of Honor and AEW. It was Bandito that was Bandito, uh, yeah. Sorry, Bandito, and uh, it's going to be Jay Lethal versus Jonathan Gresham in one of the co-main events of Final Battle, which honestly probably is fitting for Ring of Honor to have those two uh, be one of the final matches before they go go into hiatus. So, um, Joel, we kind of touched on a lot here with the Battle Royal. Do you want to move on to one of our next topics? Yeah, uh, let's talk about what was, for me, on a, on a really good work rate episode of Dynamite, the match that I was most glued to, and that was Riho and Janie Hayter. They went out and absolutely tore the house down. Uh, one of the really cool aspects of a match like this is you have probably the smallest woman on the roster against <laughs> one of the yeah. biggest women on the roster. And... Mm-hmm. It was a showcase for Jamie Hayter to see like all the things that she can do in the wrestling ring. Cause this is definitely the longest match that we've seen yeah. from her in AEW. And then also just seeing how Riho can just fly around the ring and get tossed and contorted into all kinds of different holds and throws and slams yep. and just really, really good stuff. I wasn't like, obviously like Riho was going to win. The outcome was not in question, Mm -hmm. but it was questionable how she was going to exit this match. Like, Mm -hmm. is this a way to, you know, have her be so beaten up that we, we don't get the real showdown between her and Britt Baker until a later date, or she goes into it with some kind of an injury that Britt can exploit. Uh, But this was just a fantastic match. Yeah, the, the contrasting styles here were were, were awesome, and we ha- we've had the kind of track record from Rio. We know Rio is amazing. You know, first champion had really good matches in her first run with the company. Um, we didn't, you know, we're, we're still learning that with Jamie Hader. If you if we don't if you don't watch the Indies and haven't seen her before, this is you know a lot of people's first exposure to her. And once again, dude, she just sells like crazy because there were some of those bumps she took um, against Santa Rosa. Um, and some of her other matches where it's just like, wow, she's selling all out and like code reds, like they need the other person to really be into it. And there's no freaking way Rio would be able to do, do that. Like an explosive of a code red without hater, just selling all out. Cause that thing was insane. And that's one thing with Rio is sometimes her moves don't look impactful because she is, you know, teeny tiny and everything she did in this match looked great. And I think that's just, uh, another just gold star for Jamie Hayter in the, the selling department. Well, and I think the the time frame in which Riho was champion, there was a dearth of talent in the mm-hmm. women's division. And I feel like her championship run is not as well regarded as it could have been had the level of talent been higher. Uh, so, yeah. you know, the, the pool of opponents for her now 
is so much better. And mm -hmm. I, I think about Riho versus Serena Deeb. I think about Riho versus Thunder Rosa. Like there are so many great matches for her to have now that weren't mm -hmm. available when she was champion. And it's just a, a really exciting thing to have her back in the division, seemingly full time. And uh, I'm looking forward to to more from her. Yeah, her her moving here is probably just made this so much easier for her. Like, I just can't imagine coming out here for, you know, two, three, four weeks at a time flying back to Japan. So um, I definitely think we'll be seeing way, way more of her. Um, I like the the blue gear, too. I don't know if we've seen that um from her but looked good compared to the the original pink one that she wore and um yeah one thing too uh did you notice they ref I, I don't know if i have i don't know if this is new but they referred to hater kind of the same way they referred to wardlow as like Britt baker's paid security like hand paid they they said something tonight that was kind of along the same lines and maybe we're just we're setting up a, a similar story for down the line because there was the tension a few weeks ago on dynamite between uh, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. They seem to have resolved it with their friend after Friendsgiving, but um, I thought it was the word choice was interesting and definitely a story that I think we'd both be interested in seeing down the line. Yeah. Until I see her do the, the DMD salute along with the rest of that faction, I'm not going to believe that things are settled between <laughs> uh, Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker because she just kind of stands there stoically like I'm not doing that that's beneath me <laughs> and uh, I am I definitely think you know we're going to see that down the line Jamie Hayter is way too good to be somebody's flunky and mm -hmm. of course I feel the same way about Wardlow but you know, <laughs> obviously you know they, they've got that storyline going on there as well so uh, looking forward to both of them getting free of their <laughs> their contract holders and uh, getting some comeuppance. So. Mm -hmm. And as of right now, we're at 194 days of Britt Baker's reign, second longest. I was thinking the other day, do they extend this to try and break Riho's record or not Riho, sorry, Sheeta's record or, you know, we'll end before then. I don't know. I Just something to think about. I've been hoping that we'd have a new champion at some point, but hey, keep it going. If it's fun, it's fun. I think when we get to about 300 days, if she's still yeah. champion, then we'll start thinking about and talking about Just striking distance. Know, is she going to, I think it would be really interesting. And I can't remember this being done in recent memory of her getting really close and then acknowledging it on air. And then her mm. dropping the title like a week or two weeks before. Uh, and, and that could be a cool way to, you know, build a storyline <laughs> and, uh, she turns heel and uh, prevents her from winning it. And then we do a do a double turn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, it, it, there's a lot of different ways you could go because you could have somebody. Well, we'll talk about it at 300 days. You know, it's something <laughs> well, to look forward to. People, four months from now, we'll we'll talk about this. <laughs> All right, Joel. Let's move on to our last topic of stock up, stock down, and triumphant return. Yes, yes. Freaking Trent and Sue, mainly Sue. Can we talk about Sue for a second? She's officially a member of Chaos, and I love, I love this. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, she kind of fits right in. But Trent is really who we should be talking about here. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just going to completely bogart this moment and and talk about how completely and utterly shredded he is. Like. 
Yeah. He took the whole like wrestler coming back from an injury thing and really ran with it because, you know, cutting his hair, that's a big deal. It takes a long mm-hmm. time to grow hair that long. Um, I'm sure it's like way easier to be Trent now without those, you know, luscious flowing locks. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a huge commitment. And then he looks leaner. Um, but when he threw that spear coming down the ramp, it it still looked 100% as good as it did, you know, before he was out with an injury. So, you know, sometimes wrestlers lean up a little bit and some of their moves don't look quite right anymore. Uh, but, you know, I mean, he looks great. Excited to have him back. He is, in, in my opinion, one of the most underrated performers uh, in the company. He consistently has great matches, uh, mm-hmm. he's great in tag matches, singles matches. He can do it all. And he's really, really funny. Yeah. Yeah. The, the best friend stable is whole. And I'm hoping that means we get even more of them because they kind of had that long, long feud with the Hardy family office over the last few months that hopefully is finally dead. And it seems like they're putting him in a program with the remaining members of the elite. And, uh, Joel, when, when has the elite been outnumbered? It feels like it's been a while. It's and, been a minute. Like, are we counting Nakazawa and like Brandon Cutler? Or are we counting them as like. You might have no character? choice. You might have yeah. to count Don Callis for crying out loud. I mean, yeah, we haven't seen him either. So like, I mean, he did. He did a walk by on Rampage. Did he? Did he? All right. Well, it's, it's just interesting because like. They are officially outnumbered right now, and maybe they'll pull in some Bobby Fish here soon if they need to bring in some reinforcements or maybe one of those free agents we've all been hearing about but it's it's it, this was a fun match too but it's just it's great seeing Trent back I didn't honestly he had a neck like spinal fusion thing like I didn't expect him back anytime soon like when when did he go away it was like early in the spring right it was like May I mean, it's April December, though dude I mean, still, it's I, I don't know. I This is ignorance of what a neck f- fusion, back fusion involves. Just feels like that'd be a way longer injury than like eight months, six months. Maybe he's got that John Cena gene. Who knows? I mean, good for Sue. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm saying John Cena's Trent's daddy. <laughs> um, okay. I'm speechless. I know. <laughs> Anything else to say, Joel? Do you want to move to lightning round? I suppose I set myself up for that, but yes, let's let's get out of here. <laughs> Lightning round. Speaking of free agents, Joel, I'm going to touch on the rumor mill for a second. Both Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly's WWE NXT contracts appear to have expired this week. I think I know the answer to this. If you could have one in AEW, who would you prefer? Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle O'Reilly, I think, would make a lot of sense with his fellow undis- Undisputed Era. I'm forgetting the lingo mm-hmm. um, yep. in AEW already. But, man, Johnny Galgano is really good. Like, I know he kind of grew stale in his last, you know, I don't know, year or two years of NXT. But, um, I don't know, I just think he's really talented. And we 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 know he was never going to get the kind of run we wanted on the main roster in the other wrestling company. Mm-hmm. So I, it'd be fun to see how they could use him similar, like how they're using Danielson, like they're using Danielson in such a great way. I would like to see if they could do something similar with Gargano, but yeah, I agree. It, it's KO Kyle O'Reilly for me. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's got an offense that feels really unique. And then if he comes to AEW, there's a chance he might face off with Malachi Black. And I can see that match again. Um, <laughs> that match was awesome. That match was amazing. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I just think he's someone who's more interesting to me. They're both tremendously talented, but, um, I liked Gargano and Ciampa as a team. Mm-hmm. I don't really love Gargano on his own. Like he's just kind of boring to me. Tremendous wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, but like lacked in the personality and promo department, um, for me. So, and if he if he does show up, he'll get to use his real name. You know, his name is John Gargano, so that'll be gotta love that. Um, let's 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 move on. What's your first item in lightning round? So, remarkably enough, uh, Brian Danielson was in the main event, and uh, <laughs> we haven't talked about it. We haven't talked about it. Uh, he squared off against uh, John Silver and. I felt like the banter about John Silver from Danielson leading up to this match was a little bit more cutting and vicious than what he had said before facing off with the other members of the Dark Order previously. And Mm -hmm. basically being like, you're a joke. You're beneath me. Like, uh, you walk around flexing and talking about how much you're going to eat. Like, and then you know, this match was everything that you would think if you've been paying attention to both of these guys in AEW, uh, really, really good stuff. Yeah. It's Johnny hungry rules. (laughs) Like it, it, I kind of had a similar, not as extreme as, um, pipsqueak on, uh, Jurassic express, but I, I, it took me a while to kind of take John silver seriously. Um, just because of, the gimmick and, and his size and man, he he's so talented. And the fact that AEW has trusted him multiple times now in main event matches on dynamite, uh, just says something for how he's grown and developed. I kind of wanted him to pull out the, um, the, uh, the tights given to him by Brody Lee. I know he said he wasn't going to wear those much anymore or if at all, but I think feel like a main event singles match against Brian Danielson would be a perfect moment to, to rock that, that gear. So, Kind of wanted to see that, but yeah, great, great match. And yeah, weird that this is a lightning round item. Joel, how how excited are you for the the championship match next week? It kind of crept up on us and hopefully get 20, 25 minutes next week. I'm nervous, man. I'm nervous. <laughs> Transitional champions on the way, Joel. <laughs> I don't want Adam Page to lose. If Adam Page loses, like you, you might have to host the podcast by yourself for a while. <laughs> I'll just be in mourning. Uh, well, but, we'll, 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 we'll get through next week's episode and maybe we'll just be on a hiatus until uh, January. Give Joel a I little just, time to recover. Spend time I with so, his family. <laughs> I so desperately want Adam Page to hand Danielson his first loss in AEW, solidify himself as, you know, the, the champion that really we need him to be. The other thing is, if Danielson wins the belt... It'll be yet another person who is not an AEW product being champion. Adam Page is the first person who became a star Mm -hmm. in AEW to hold that title. And that feels significant to me. I I really think 
it needs to stay on him for a while. He can't lose his first title defense. Oh, but he totally could. <laughs> and that's that's what I like about this build. It's, you know, a lot of times after champions, you know, they win the belt and they're about to start their first feud. We all think there's no possible way. It's not going to happen. They've made it seem like it's a possibility and they've made Danielson look dangerous. Like, like no, no better test to your championship than facing one of the best in the world. Someone who legitimately will try to hurt you. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think it's going to be a title change, but I, it's, it's not 0% in my mind right now, Joel. <laughs> like, and yeah, we might have to give you some time off. I'll, I'll either host myself or, <laughs> or we're fine. We're fine. Find another person. Knowing my luck, it will turn into like a, a year hiatus from you. <laughs> like, no, I'm just done with, I'm done with wrestling for like a year. Come back to me when he's champ again. Um, to be clear, I am glad that I'm nervous for the for the reasons that you just <laughs> outlined. Because like I'm gonna be absolutely locked into this match, and I think it has the potential to you know be for to borrow the cliche a five star classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And real quick, just to touch on winter is coming. We have two other confirmed matches. Uh, MJF versus Dante Martin for the dynamite diamond ring. Uh, God, can he win it for the third year in a row? Joel can, can MJF win the MJF gimmick match? So I think about it in terms of what's useful. I don't know how useful it is for Dante Martin to have it. Mm -hmm. It might be tremendously useful, but I don't know. I know that it's incredibly useful for MJF to have it and that, you know, the odds are kind of stacked against uh, Dante Martin here. Now, what we could see, which would be interesting, would be MJF losing with some kind of CM Punk related interference or distraction. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, kind of furthering their feud and leading to MJF issuing a challenge and, you know, CM Punk finally getting satisfaction. So uh, there's a, a few different ways it could go, but I, I do think it's more likely that MJF retains. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. What, the one thing is like, yeah, it's, it's, it's how they use the ring. And I just don't know how a, a baby face Dante Martin uses that, you know, because um, he's not going to be pulling it out in the middle of the match and punching people with it. Like, that's really been, you know, what this ring has meant to MJF is that he's able to use it. Um, and he can claim he beat Hangman Page before he was champion. Um, so I, I think I would love to see Dante Martin win it just to be like, holy shit. Dante Martin would have a big, a bigger win than anything Jungle Boy has had. Like, let's be honest. If he beats MJF in the Dynamite Battle, Dynamite Ring final, like, it's huge. So I, I don't think he needs to win it to come out looking great. Um, and you could, you could even have CM Punk like come out post-match and like heroes beat down or kick, kick MJF out of the ring, you know, bring in team Taz or something. So there's a lot they can do here. And another match that I was surprised that we're getting, and I think it's a credit to that, how AEW has built this is we're getting Serena Deeb and Shikaru Shida one more time. And all it took was that little video package to remind me, oh yeah, these two fucking hate each other. <laughs> like, and why, yes, I am into this. Oh, let me pull up a chair. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, this should, God, 
there's only three matches announced so far, but I'm really excited for this one. We've we've seen them twice over the last two months, and each one has been incredible. And I kind of like Sheeta sh- showing a ton of emotion in that video. Like, mm-hmm. what does she say? You ruined everything. Yeah. Like, like, and like looking like she was like about not not cry, but like about to like beat someone up. Like she looked furious. Well, her delivery was tremendous too. Yeah. Like she really nailed that line. Mm-hmm. And I I thought it was a great video package. And I'm immediately excited again to to jump back into this feud that you know has been taking place uh, to your point over a, a broad range of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I. I'm not picking a winner here because it's, you know, it is what it is, but it's it's going to be super fun. And I just wanted to touch on these shows on, on the stuff for next week because it is, you know, it's like a mini, mini pay-per-view for us. You know, it's a special event. We'll probably get some even more stuff added um, before next week. Um, so, Joel, uh, anything else in Lightning Round that you want to touch on? Uh, no, but I do have something else. Making <gasps> a triumphant return to the podcast. I have a random observation this week. So long. Joel's random observation of the week. So, as we all know, tag matches, in particular tag matches that involve more than two teams, are precarious. There's a lot of moving parts, and it can be challenging to make sure you're in the right spot and, and also to maintain your balance. And so, my heart goes out to Jungle Boy this week who, if you didn't notice, completely biffed it and fell off the ring apron in this match. I didn't see this. I didn't see that. So Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are on the same side of the turnbuckle, and Luchasaurus gets kind of pumped up and grabs the top rope and does like a Batista shake, causing Jungle Boy to lose a hold of the top rope and fall backwards off the apron. Oh man, I have to go back and watch that. See if I can if I can find it. A lot of it's, random stumbles in AEW recently. We had we had Arn Anderson do it too a few weeks ago. Well, I mean, Arn's a million years old, so he gets a pass. Jungle Boy, however, in the prime of his career, simply fell off the ring apron. <laughs> <laughs> it's slippery, go back man. Because it it's, sl- it's hilarious it's, to me. It, and, and as everybody knows, stupid. I'm a huge fan. Absolutely love Jungle Boy, but. <laughs> You can see a moment where it crosses his face that like, well, I'm going over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, Joel, I, I just have a few final things I wanted to touch on. Um, I can't wait for the Julia Hart Malachi Black match uh, that they teased us with uh, last, not two nights ago. Um, also, did he miss with the Black Miss? Because it didn't look like there was any on Julia Hart. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it was hard to tell because she immediately put her hands over her face. And uh, but no, I mean, I don't think he missed. Well, I can't wait for her to pin Malachi Black. One, two, three. Going to be awesome. Um, One other thing. I had one other thing. And oh, yeah. Just CM Punk being complete shit to Long Island. (laughs) Like he literally just did a 10 minute promo destroying that city. I mean, it's Long Island. Hey, I know Um, what I find interesting is how much they like the last two weeks hyping mjf coming home and i still didn't know if he was going to get cheered or booed in this match and i think they had cm punk go out there early to really try and make sure that mjf got a a warm welcome and it was still 50 50 so that's that 
All right, Joel. Well, since you provided us with your random observation, I think we can close out the show. So if you want to follow us on their social medias, you can follow us at The Other Wrestling Show and Facebook and Instagram. The Other Joel. At The Other Joel. I, How does I Twitter talk. work? I don't Twitter at the other Joel, OWS underscore pod, or Michael underscore Randa. You can follow us there. Find the podcast wherever your podcasts are. I'm struggling. Um, Stitcher, Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify. Go. Email you know, us. Instead <laughs> of listing them out, you could just say something like wherever fine podcasts wherever are downloaded. Wherever you get your podcasts are, go, go get. God, I really just got to record this once. You're right. <laughs> it's about time. Just one Changes. time. One 20. clean recording. Oh, you know it would take like 30 takes. You know that. <laughs> ah, one take, Tony, over there. You got this. Yeah, that's yeah, not me. Um, Joel, any, anything to say before we, uh, we get the fuck out of here? Like it may or may not be a good time to join the Dark Order, but do it anyway. Join Dark Order. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling. Bye.